Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today, we have Chris Rosini as our co-host. Chris, welcome to the program. Great to be with you, Dr. Paul. And once again, this must be Friday. Must be Friday, and we're going to talk a little bit more about gold in the markets. Chris Rosini's up there. You know we're going to talk about good economic policies. And that's what we're going to do today. <clears throat> and we will also, you know, talk a little bit about a partner that we work with, and that is, uh, you, you know, uh, Birch Gold. And uh, reason for that uh, is that it's a... It's a very important subject, and it just happens that I've been dealing with it uh, even before 1971 when I knew something was coming, or at least others knew and warned us about the closing of the gold window, ushering in the age of inflation. When you look at statistics, it's proven to be true to have a lot of concerns. It's amazing that it's held together as well as it has, but it's still very, very fragile. And what happened back then has generated the conditions that's allowed us to have, uh, you know, what they pretend is a, 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 de a deficit and a debt of 90 uh, of 34 trillion dollars. Well, when you add it all up and all the obligations, it's it's too big. They don't have a computer that can hold all the numbers. So that's uh, that's that's the problem, and that's also the reason we talk about gold. And uh, we, uh, we 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 have been doing this for a long time. And one thing that we do is we we mention uh, our relationship with. Uh, uh, you, you know, Birch Gold. And uh, the one reason is, is they're in the gold business. And if people are uh, not involved and want to get involved and, and see the different ways that uh, you can protect yourself uh, with gold, uh, they offer up some free information. So if you text uh, 989898, if you text Ron at 989898, they'll send you some information and that will help you figure out what to do. And I think this is an ongoing process because because uh, I think we're just seeing really the beginning uh, of uh, some very, very serious problems. And they will be monetizing that debt uh, because there's nothing else they can do with it. And when you think about it, that when this mess started and people became concerned, uh, back in 1971, gold was essentially $35 an ounce. And now look at it, it's over $2,000. And uh, I, I just think it's going to continue because there's no way that we can have an election, and the result of the election will be that the conservatives, uh, fiscal conservatives, have taken over, the budget's at balance, some of the debt is paid off, and everybody goes back to work, and there is political harmony. It's not going to happen. That's why we have to be prepared in many ways. One is uh, understanding the system, and that's why we're involved in education. The other is understanding what one might do in order to protect themselves uh, against the, the mess that we have. And, um, you know, there's a couple things going on with the Fed right now that uh, tells us the Feds are a little bit concerned about what's happening. You know, a couple weeks ago, uh, they... They said that it was too early to lower interest rates. Well, they don't know whether it's too early or too late. All I know is they should be messing with interest rates, and they don't know what they should be, and they're always trying to guess the market. But anyway, two weeks ago, they had this policy, it's too early to lower interest rates. Why would they be lowering interest rates? Stocks markets are soaring. People are crying because of price inflation, and yet... Uh, 
just yesterday or so, uh, all of a sudden they, they change and uh, it's going to come sooner than before and they are going, they were hinting yesterday that the quantitative, the, uh, quantitative uh, tightening, that means quantitative easing was when they kept uh, buying more, more and tightening up. But now they're saying everything looks, uh, looks pretty good uh, and, and ready to do it. So they shifted gears, which doesn't make any sense because if they more likely are shifting gears because the economy, what they know and what many other people suspect, the economy is uh, weaker than they tell us and also that inflation is worse than they pretend. And under those conditions, they have to be prepared, you know, to, to have the finances there to monetize the debt and try to hold the whole thing together. So that's, that's what they're doing. They also had an announcement this week that was uh, rather interesting. So as long as I've been looking at this, I've always often wondered, uh, you know, exactly how, you know, the, uh, uh, the, 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 uh, the banks, uh, you can go to the discount window when you're in trouble. And uh, that's been available for a long time. So when there is a crisis, uh, you go and get it and you patch it up and you, if it's not, uh, and they, it does work to the degree it keeps the spreading of it and things can be helped a bit. So that's, uh, that's important uh, to know. But all, all of a sudden they said, well, we don't need this uh, anymore. This, uh, we don't need to tighten it anymore. So that is what they've done. They've changed it. And now they are advertising for people, for banks. Oh, don't look at it. They see the banks over the years, uh, you know, did have a little bit of common sense about it because they said it looks bad to the customers that our bank isn't solid if you're going to the discount window to get bailed out, which is what's been used. Now the Fed is on an education spiel right now because not to teach people the honesty of money and why they ought to be abolished, but they're saying, why don't you use the discount window more? We want to make this money available to you. There's no stigma attached to it. So something, something fishy is going on because it looks like they know something that we have suspected they knew and a lot of other people do know. The, the economy's in, in a real mess. The spending is going to continue and there's not going to be a miracle come up in this election year to all of a sudden solve, solve these problems. We're more likely to see a further explosion of the problems that we're seeing internationally on our borders in the South and what's going on with Texas competing with uh, the federal government on who should, who should deal with this mess. So that's one of the reasons why I'm suspicious, <laughs> strongly suspicious, that uh, the dollar is not going to gain its uh, strength. It's not going to get its value back. It will gain against other currencies, but it's not going to help the people in this country's purchasing power. And that's what they should be complaining about. They shouldn't be talking about some of these other details. It's the purchasing power of the dollar that's, uh, that's, that's gone bad, badly. So that, that's going to be a run. And I think that uh, uh, this year is going to be a really rough year for economics. And that's why, once again, if you have, any, if you have not uh, contacted and would like to get some information, you don't have to pay for it. And that is getting hold of uh, Birch Gold. And, and to do that by texting Ron at 989898. And Chris, we want to talk about the Fed a little bit in details. And uh, I think we have somebody helping us out. Wrote an article about why we should audit the Fed. I can't imagine who in the world would do such a thing.
Chris. Well, it's actually a senator that we both like, Dr. Paul. His name is Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky. Oh, and yes, he is out there <laughs> calling for an audit of the Fed. What a wonderful idea uh, because of the secrecy. You know, they, nobody could know what they're up to. Uh, and, and I just want to go into a little history. You know, this isn't the first time that America has had to deal with a central bank. We've had central banks in the past that were closed down. Uh, you know, ever since the very beginning, Alexander Hamilton wanted a central bank. So they wanted this right away. Uh, the Fed, unfortunately, is the only one that's stuck. And it has stuck with us for 100 years now. Uh, but back in the early 1800s, there was the second bank of the United States. That was the central bank at the time. And its president, his name was Nicholas Biddle. And listen to his words. It could be said by, you know, Jerome Powell today. He said, quote, we believe that the prosperity of the bank and its usefulness to the country depend on its being entirely free from the control of the officers of the government. In order to preserve that independence, it must never connect itself with any administration. Now, I'll agree with that it should never be connected with any administration. We don't want Nancy Pelosi printing money or Lindsey Graham or Nikki Haley. God forbid if they had the printing press, we'd be in wars all the time and it, you know, it would, it, we would collapse a lot faster. But uh, neither should a private bank be able to print money either. It doesn't make it right just because politicians can't print money. It's wrong for a private bank to print dollars, period. And that was actually one of the, in the Constitution, one of the federal laws, no counterfeiting. So they outsourced it to a private uh, bank and they do it in secret. You don't know what they're doing. Like Nicholas Biddle said, you know, we're independent. There's, you don't need to see what we're doing and that's how it is with the Fed. And what are they doing? Who, who are they bailing out? Are they giving money to foreign countries, foreign corporations, U.S. corporations? What's happening? And it's all happening in secret. And Rand Paul is saying, we need to audit. We need to see what's happening. What, what are you doing? And of course, they're going to say, oh, no, no, we are independent. We, uh, you know, you can't see. It's like Pfizer. You could see about the vaccine in 75 years. Well, the Fed's even worse. You could never see what they're doing. So it's all you know, bad stuff, uh, but hopefully uh, the good senator from Kentucky can make some inroads. You know, that, <clears throat> that word independent is important because anytime I had conversation with the Fed people uh, and argued the case for transparency, it's just one of the reasons why we were able to uh, get at least passed in the House to audit the Fed. Uh, but their argument always was independence. And you mentioned that, Chris, because uh, independence means, you know, keeping it out of the ha hands of the bad people. But uh, that can be done by just following the Constitution. What they were concerned about in the Constitution was there was a lot of inflation. You know, the continental dollar was inflated and uh, they had that on their mind. But the states uh, generally issued paper money. They called it bills of credit. So the Constitution prohibits the states from using bills of credit. But this is one place where there's been progress. There's several states now uh, of the people who are interested in this. They had gone to the state where it belongs. It's up to, up to the states because it's explicit to the state. The states can't use anything else uh, other than gold and silver. So what they have done in these several states 
has been to uh, make sure it was legal to exchange gold and silver and get rid of the taxes placed on it. So if you have gold coins and you buy them and then uh, use them or sell them or whatever, that there would be capital gains taxes and uh, sales taxes could be put on it. But now that is spreading and I think that is great because as the federal system breaks down, there will be more of this and, and uh, that's why I think getting rid of these taxes are, are, are so important. But this to me is, uh, you know, an issue that is not going to go away. We need to make let the market deal with this. And you know, uh, Chris, we're, we're and you you described it so well. This contest going on about the Fed. You know, it, it's it's been going on for a long time. I think Jefferson and Hamilton had a bit of a discussion on that because obviously Jeff, Jefferson was a gold standard person, and he was against the National Bank. And uh, Hamilton argued the other side. And there's been some ups and downs, but right now it looks like Hamilton's been winning uh, the political power. But uh, what he's not winning is the is the uh, hearts of minds and men's and and the uh, economic uh, conditions that we have because there's a mess out there, and uh, the Fed is totally useless. And right now, everything they do. There's a scheme to it, but what they won't admit to, they say, well, we spend a lot of time, we have a lot of computers, and we hire a lot of people to figure out what the interest rate should be. Well, that totally contradicts everything Austrian economics teaches because it has to be set by the marketplace. And so this is the probably the most important price around is the fixing of the interest rates by the, by the Federal Reserve and that what they're doing is trying to regulate the economy. Oh, there's prices going up, so what we, what we better do is uh, we better uh, increase the economy and we print more money on and again. They have no idea what they should do and that's why the trends and the <clears throat> trends and what's happening are predictable. But to decide when the dollar is going to meet its fate, uh, it's systematically and slowly and steadily eroding. But, uh, you know, you, you don't know exactly what date uh, everybody gives up on it. But there's a lot of rumblings, and you'll never be able to separate this monetary policy from our foreign policy because uh, our empire... You know, you know, we throw our weight around and we threaten people with militarism and we also threaten them with financial uh, penalties and, and, and interfere with free trade and putting on sanctions. So we don't have uh, as many friends out there. We, we at one time were well respected because the reputation was that we were the champions of sound money and liberty. But that's not the case now. That's why uh, things are held together very loosely and we have to be prepared for what's coming. And quite frankly, I think the most important thing is for us to contribute to a broader and a sounder understanding about monetary policy and why you can't have fiat money and think it's going to work. No, it isn't going to work. It's not working. Uh, and it has never worked in the past. It's the same story that just keeps repeating itself. And, uh, you know, speaking of work, we're working right now, Dr. Paul and I, but what's happening with our money? Are we just working for value that's just disappearing? And uh, the answer is yes. And I see it clearly when I go to the supermarket. It's sickening, you know, walking out of there with not very much and spending a ton, you know. 
But the, you know, we talked about the, the private bank part of it, but there's the other side. This is a marriage here. This is a government that created this, uh, this system. You know, it was the Federal Reserve Act. And they have their hands in this because they get to spend whatever they want, and it doesn't matter what we think about it. Think about uh, the COVID relief funds. First off, it was the lockdowns, the stupidest thing that they've ever done. And then they were going to fix the problem by printing trillions of dollars. And now here we are with, with, uh, with skyrocketing prices. What a, what a surprise. But then they spend on wars and wars and wars, Ukraine and Israel. How are they able to do this? And why do we have no say in any of this? You know, it's because when government wants to spend, they say, hey, we need money. Here's a bond. We're going to issue this bond. And the Federal Reserve comes in, creates money out of thin air and buys the bond. And that's it. The government has the money. They don't care what we think. You know, they have the money ready, available, and they can. And that's why they grow so rapidly in all aspects of our lives and we're just sitting back and watching we have no say in any of it so it's this is a marriage between the government that wants to spend without limits and a private bank that wants to do everything in secrecy so what needs to be done ultimately after auditing if that ever happens and hopefully it does is to finally separate these two <clears throat> separate government and banking they're no longer allowed to work together you know, I'm going to uh, quote a paragraph that Rand wrote uh, in, in this article uh, pointing out, uh, you know, how this comes about and how the emotions uh, changes the situation and also galvanizes the people uh, to go along with it. And he refers to, uh, you know, the pandemic, uh, the so-called pandemic and all the false news we got there and the fear mongering. So he said uh, the two... 2020 pandemic and the Fed added to our fiscal nightmare by printing billions of dollars out of thin air, providing big money to industry favorites and adding nearly $5 trillion to the balance sheet, the largest in our history. Even the Fed itself admitted that stimulus throughout the pandemic was a key cause of rampant inflation experienced by the American economy. And so the emergency comes up, even, and if you don't have one, you create one. Wars are coming up. I mean, we're around the world always looking for, uh, you know, there's about three or four hot spots in this world. Now we have a hot spot in Texas fighting with the feds. So it's, it's going on. So it happens all the time, and people don't realize that uh, you can't say, well, it's all Biden's fault. Well, Biden, he, he's a little, well, I'd say it, but he... He is not the answer. He is a contributor and probably one of the worst. But this is a bipartisan issue because you have warmongering uh, war hawks uh, in the Republican Party and the Democratic Party. And that's one of the major reasons why uh, the big budget is, you know, the military budget. Except for now, and we've talked about this, Chris, earlier on, that but now it's the interest that we have to pay on the money that we have given to the military industrial complex. So it's, it's a cycle that's not going to keep cycling. It's going, it's going to end because the people will more and more give up. So I think people should take a hint from what the Fed's telling us, that they, uh, they are reconsidering, oh, maybe we better lower interest rate. 
Well, on the surface, they're telling us everything is beautiful. And so they, they also say, and in case you need some emergency money, don't think it's, don't think it's a negative. It, don't think there's a stigma if you have to go to the, uh, you, you know, the, uh, the, bank, the, the, the bank and borrow more in, on an emergency. Uh, don't, don't do that because uh, we want you to do that. Don't feel badly about it and we're going to make it available. That tells me that they're anticipating and they're moving in, changing their policy. But two weeks ago, their policy was opposite, and now the policy is changing. And that just is confirmation that I don't think they know what they're doing because nobody can know exactly what will happen. You know, so they say, well, if you print a lot of money, the interest rate is going to do ABC. Maybe. Depends on what the people decide to do with their money, and uh, they don't know where the money's going to go exactly. And uh, that's the that's the whole thing that uh, you you can't predict uh, because there's a subjective element in all this. The people do things, you know, for various reasons. They're not measurable. Computers aren't helpful. They're just a distraction, and that's why the great book of economic policy, Human Action, emphasizes that point. It's human action that makes a difference, and uh, we, we have to guess, and there's pretty good time that we can but if we say oh the democrats are the only ones that create these problems republicans it's not the republicans fault and you'll listen to all that demagoguery you know in this year but the truth is is they've all gone to the not all but most of them have all gone to the same university but they went to prestigious university they went to harvard and these other places and you got the straight scoop at, at the time so you, you you can't you can't depend on that but that's why so much of the education right now the good education is coming from independent people doing their own studying homeschooling private schooling we're free enough to find the information and i think free enough to have an influence so in spite of all these problems i still think there's a remnant of people that's growing in numbers that have becoming aware out of necessity that there's a better system and it is related to the things the founders wanted and how and how they promoted peace and prosperity chris excellent dr paul i will finish up uh yeah um Hopefully, if we're doing a good job explaining this, our viewers are like, this is so easy to understand. Why are we even in this predicament? Well, there's, I'm sure there's a lot of reasons why. A couple that come to mind, like Dr. Paul just said, education. You're not, never, ever going to learn this in a government school. Where the, the, they're not going to teach you how to take away their bread and butter. Uh, and also, government, you know, they're not good at very many things, very, very few things, if anything. But one thing that they are excellent at is controlling narratives and um, and uh, keeping people keeping the focus off of themselves, keeping people focused on other things. And control of the media is one of the great ways. You know, if all the media is saying here, look over here, well, then you're not going to look where you're supposed to be looking. Uh, but here's the silver lining: the controlled media is dying, and quicker than ever. Uh, just this week, I saw three more companies are laying off because people and, you know, I, I think COVID was a big one. You know, they know that these media lied for years and who can trust them anymore? So that works in our favor. Uh, so but another thing that works in our favor is we have the Internet. Now, from the perspective of people in power, the Internet is a tool to monitor and try to control the people. 
from that's from their perspective but from our perspective we can speak the truth to other people that you know that goes around the controlled narratives so with social media with what we're doing right here this is on the internet you know and that's why Elon Musk, you know, ostensibly he wants free speech and they are attacking him from every single angle to try to prevent it because free speech is the greatest enemy that they have. Because, you know, it's it's easy to go after a centralized, okay, here's the leader of this group, here's here's, you know, go just take him out and then you you solve the problem. But with the internet, when truth spreads, it spreads in every single direction. And there is no one person to go after, not one organization that you could just shut down. And that's the opportunity, especially for the young people, to seize it, you know, learn the principles, learn why this is wrong, and then speak. And who knows which direction it could it can't be stopped. You know, so it's possible that uh, this monster could be slayed someday speak, simply by speaking the truth. So uh, that's the optimistic angle. There's a lot of bad stuff that, <laughs> that you have to deal with in the meantime, but we're going to remain optimistic yeah. here. You, you know, the, uh, Chris, you mentioned the whole fact, uh, who, who controls the narrative? And that is pretty darn important. That's the professional demagogues, and that's how politics, that was the most disgusting part about being in politics, is that even in a mild, polite manner, they're always demagoguing you know they're saying stuff uh, always uh, in a political sense and it's the goal is political power and you know i think about uh, in creating problems to distract the people i think is another favorite i keep trying to figure out all the details and they'll become available and history will prove uh what some, so many people now believe is what happened on january 6th yeah it was a mess it was a and there was a lot of reasons for criticism but an insurrection it, it was so bizarre of charging that nobody's ever charged anybody legally nobody's been arrested and said you caused an insurrection they won't deal with it because they know it wasn't an insurrection and uh and yet uh they but politically just think of what has happened these last uh, three years. It's just demagogue, demagogue, demagogue. And what do you think was happening during this time? The, 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 the real in, insurrection uh, was occurring uh, for, by an invasion, a steady invasion of people that have no rights to come here and take what they're getting and there's no no justification for our politicians to capitulate and do whatever we can to invite them here and say whatever you want you get and that that to me is uh you know people concert everybody knows uh, especially those uh on one side of the aisle then knows there was an insurrection if you don't believe that you're un-american and you're nuts but uh, maybe the FBI was really involved uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the insurrection uh, or the demonstration. But you, but you know, people for a long time, I had a struggle after Kennedy was uh, uh, assassinated. Just think, just think if, if the FBI and the CIA can take a, a decade of uh, assassinating two Kennedys and Martin Luther King, you know, our government uh, deserves a little bit more cl closer watching. Now it's, a, it's still going on, that same type of system. But now we've had this invasion 
and uh, people, I, I, the contest will be, uh, will there be a lot more money spent in this campaign about the insurrection and why they all should be arrested. And uh, of course, the, the, the position there has been so bizarre and overwhelming that it was all Trump's fault. Uh, fault. And uh, that's why we're charging him with all these crimes. How many are there? A hundred? A couple hundred crimes he's committed? And they say, and, and I, I, I get so, so amazed that there'll be Democratic uh, pundits and they'll come out. How does he do it? Why are they, why do they still support him? Why do they not listen to this? This guy's a criminal. He should be in prison and all this stuff. And I keep thinking, well, maybe it's because the people that, it's promo that are promoting this aren't believable. You know, because governments, fortunately, aren't believable as much as they used to be. So that's a healthy sign. It's, but the next major step is, uh, what is what is it going to be replaced with? Is it going to be replaced with uh, no knowledge or desire to find truth? Uh, or will it be finding truth and replacing it with the lies that go on. And uh, believe me, as the condition gets worse, there's going to be more and more. And the one thing that we better do our very best is to try to soften this thing because it will soon become very violent. And I uh, am concerned about what's going on, about uh, the battle between the Texas uh, the, the Texas militia against Biden, you know, and they'll have to tr prove a point. But uh, I think the solution is obviously using the, using the Constitution as a guideline for what we have. Think about uh, peace and prosperity as a consequence of liberty and that uh, there's still a lot of people that believe that way. And I think our numbers are actually growing. But the, the people who are making the most noise and have the, have the signing microphone, uh, they do outnumber the people who say that we should live uh, in a different manner and we should follow the Constitution no matter what year it was written. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.